Yo, 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 Kev, what up, man? It's your boy Ashby the Ghost checking in, saying love is love, telling y'all people to make sure y'all check out the Living Let Live podcast. My boy Kevin's holding it down as he always does, but the Living Let Live podcast, they talk about all kind of issues, life shit, real shit, weekly shit. So tune in, man. Make sure you check them out. My guy Kev gets it in. Check it out. Hey, yo, living, man. We met at AI Hall of Fame ceremony. You know, we was chopping it up, kicking it. It's a beautiful thing. Big congratulations. Y'all make sure y'all go out and check it out. Living. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy Gator from Day One FX. Logging in to show the homie Kevin some love. What it do? How you doing, big dog? I had to log in to show you some love, bro. Had to. That's what I do, bro. Tapped in with you, making sure you're doing well and magnificent, man. Most importantly, thanks for watching the show, Dave. Yeah, season two on the way. But let's get back to business, homie. Kevin got a podcast out, man. It's called the Live and Let Live Podcast. He's doing his thing. The Live and Let Live Podcast. Make sure y'all tap in. Be blazing. Talking about all type of topics, man. He's tapped into the current event. The past, all that, bro. Make sure you just tap in with my boy. Support him. He a good dude. Yeah, it's your boy Gator. GD forever. Keep grinding, homie. Go hard to homeless. So once again, living. Shout out to you from your brother. Kiss. Keep banging. Keep banging. Keep banging. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, y'all? <laughs> I know it's been a minute like to welcome y'all back to the Live and Let Live podcast, man. Oh, man. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, This going to be a tough one for me to do. Not going to lie to you. Um, As, you know, my day ones know, I took, um, you know, I took the past month or so off, man. Um, And I'm going to tell y'all why. Normally, I vent through my music, but haven't really felt like recording much. Um, so before I get into it, um, let me start with, with, with some things. Um, first, 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 I would like to give a rest in peace to my homie Steve Untitled. Steve produced a lot of my Me Against the World album, man. And um, he played a big part on, on what happened in the past month. I'll get into that later. I uh, want to give a shout out or, you know, he's saying it like that. But another rest in peace to my homie Will, a.k.a. Scooter Man. want to give another rest in peace to Malik B for the Roots Crew. It's three friends I lost in that span of a week. Um, And also would like to give a rest in peace to my homie Tame, uh, his mother. So rest in peace, everybody. Um, You know praying for you I'm praying for your families and loved ones lastly um happy birthday Kobe man Mamba week you know you're an inspiration the Mamba mentality lives on in me and to be honest with you um a lot of things happened to me since Kobe's death um but like I said we'll get into that secondly this is tough man um, I want to apologize to some of my past guests. Um, so I, I'm, I'm new to the podcast thing and there comes a time when 
you take for granted people that are giving you your time. So, you know, people like Gator, Andre Miller, Lonnie Lowry, I gave them all the respect in the world, but some other people, you know, I was, I was drinking during a podcast, you know, um, the Trump support on the first episode, I'm not going to lie. I was a little wrecked during that. Um, so I want to apologize to a lot of my past guests, man. Um, there's too many to name at this point, but I really am sorry if it ever came across like I was inebriated or I just didn't give you the respect you deserve. So once again, please accept my humble apology. Where to begin? Where to begin? Oh, man. So if y'all know me, y'all know I've never been the sad bull. I've never been a sad type. Like, not me. Never been that. Um, you know, at the age of 26, I got paralyzed. Um, wasn't sad about that. I said, fuck it. I'm fat anyway. Didn't walk much to begin with. Doctors told me I would never walk. Beat that. Doctors told me I would never have kids. Beat that. You know, they told me I wouldn't walk. So what did I do? I went out and bought a three-story crib and, you know, everybody thought I was nuts. And I would just tell them, listen, you can't get paralyzed twice. Fuck it. I'm going to learn to walk. And I did. <sighs> so that that's why this was so weird to me. And it was very hard for me to accept. Um, damn. And like I said, man, I'm opening up. So please bear with me. Just, you know, I really don't talk to people about none of this shit, but, you know, Fuck it. Comes a time you got to let the world know. So we're going to start with, like I said, after I got paralyzed, I wasn't depressed. I put out projects after that. I did everything I could after that to overcome it. Nine months later, I got married. I walked down the aisle nine months later. Yeah, it took me 45 minutes with the walker, but I did that shit. I danced at my wedding. Wasn't really dancing. I was standing there holding the walker, just trying not to fall, swinging my head back and forth. But I ain't used my wheelchair that whole night because wasn't nothing going to stop me. That's always been my mentality. It's always been that mob mentality. Like, nothing's going to stop me. Um. So, you know, I'm, and I never drank either. I, I think that needs to be said. I didn't drink until one Eagles tailgate. I was probably like 30, 31. Um. I was playing my brother in fantasy football. I knew it was going to sound stupid. It was actually the day the Lions played the Eagles in the snow, the, the blizzard game. Um, so I'm playing my brother. It's fantasy football playoffs, but this is a big money league. It's like three, 400 a pop. There's like, you know, 12 teams. It's, you know, it's a $5,000 pot. So me and my brother and uh, my homie Andy at the game. Shout out Ladio. Um, And... My brother had the Detroit quarterback who the Eagles were playing in that game. So I'm like, oh shit, we got to get my brother drunk so he doesn't remember to take his quarterback out and put, you know, Tony Romo in. <laughs> so, you know, my brother can drink beer crazy. Um, so I was like, yo, we got to give him liquor. Now, my brother don't drink liquor. Um, so I go to Andy and I'm like, yo, your pop make moonshine. Let's give some to my brother. And my brother said, the only way I'm drinking that is if you drink it with me. Because he knew I didn't drink. So, $5,000, I'm going to do what I got to do. My brother was wrecked. I was all right. I was actually like, wow, this is kind of fun. You know, I'm sliding all over in the snow, slipping all over. But it's not bothering me because I'm drunk. <laughs> 
So, you know, we had a good time at the game. My brother forgot to take his quarterback out, and I, I won <laughs> by three points. It, it was exactly what I wanted to do, but it started something. It started that thought in me like, eh, tricking ain't that bad. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, so that, that was like the really first time I drank. I mean, I drank in like high school a little bit, but, you know, that was just a whatever. So let's fast forward a little bit. Move to Florida. There's drinking everywhere. Every fucking where. Drinking everywhere. You go to Wawa, get a beer. You go here, you get a beer. You go here, you get liquor. It's everywhere. So, you know, my neighbors drank. Fuck it. Sitting in the house anyway. But that's the small steps where it starts. Now, I want you to keep in meantime, for the past 10 years, I've been on pain medicine. Like heavy pain medicine. I'm talking, you know, four to six, 30 milli-oxys a day because I'm paralyzed. I am in a lot of pain. Like the oxys never got me high. Let me start by saying that. Never got me high. Never got loopy. Wasn't no shit like that. It was just, you know, it hurts when I walk. So you need some. So, you know, that's no excuse for nothing, but you definitely shouldn't be doing that with alcohol. So fast forward. Drink it a little more, drink it a little more, drink it a little more. Not much, you know, I'm, I'm not drinking every day. Not, not doing all that, no crazy shit. Eagles win the Super Bowl. I'm out there with my homie Mook. We having a time of our lives. We had the basketball game the night before. Takashi bitch ass sitting right next to us. Fucking Maxim models on the left inviting us to the Maxim party that night. Fucking, I went in line to get a beer, Shaggy and Stinger in front of me. Like, shit was wild. So, you know, we're in Minnesota, blizzard. <sighs> I did not slip one time with my leg braces or my cane. Not one time in a blizzard. Eagles win the Super Bowl. You know, I jump on a plane, I come back home, and I go to, you know, the Nick Foles Parade in Disneyland. Uh, we had, you know, we're, we had flights back up for the Eagles main parade. But, you know, remember they moved it like two days, so we couldn't come, but, you know, it was cool. Now, every year I plan my family vacation right after um, the Super Bowl. Just, you know, on the odd chance Eagles were ever there. Fuck, they made it. They won. I'm hyped. We got a week-long cruise. Get on the boat. I'm on that bitch 10 minutes. I go to put my cane down. Well, while I'm walking, it slips and I go down, but I smack my head hard as fuck on a metal table. Immediately, I knew it was a massive concussion. I knew it right from the back because I've had concussions before. Fuck. Smack my head so hard on this metal table. So I get up. I go right to the room. Room ain't even ready. I ain't even care. I just went in and laid on a dirty ass bed because I, I couldn't open my eyes. I don't remember much about that cruise, to be honest with you. Um, I remember certain things like I drank champagne all week to deal with the pain from it. I remember I broke my foot in the shower. Um, I remember I hated the cruise, but you know I don't know why. All the details, couldn't tell you nothing about it. I couldn't tell you if I guessed it. So, you know, I had a concussion before. You know, it'll be a month or so, and you, your brain will get better. 
didn't happen. Two months go by. Three months go by. Four months go by. But now something else is starting to happen. Now I'm starting to black out. Like, I would go days without knowing where the fuck I was or nothing. Like, I would wake up in my bed like, what the hell happened? Like, I was just sitting in my sports room at 4 o'clock. Now it's fucking 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. two days later. What the hell? So, you know, I knew something was wrong. And this is not telling anybody that this is anybody else's fault. But I told family members, I'm like, yo, my, my head's not right. My head's not right. And the response mainly was, well, how come all these things always happen when you're drinking or at a bar or whatever? Like, I was at the bar with homie Omar. I just collapsed. Like, we were sitting there talking, collapsed right on the floor. Omar bring me home that night. And apparently I was like out of it. My wife thinking I'm, I was trashed. I look at my credit card and the receipt in my pocket the next day. I got an $8 bill. How the fuck are you trashed off $8? But, you know, I understand it happened at a bar. But I will also say where, where do men go that there isn't alcohol? Like I'm not calling my homie up like, yo, you want to go shopping? Like is you want to go to the game? They serve alcohol. You want to go to the bar. They serve alcohol. You want to go grab, you know, something to eat. They serve alcohol. Everywhere you go that men go, alcohol. Like, I'm not going to say you want to go get your nails done. So, I could understand why people thought that. However, that wasn't the case. Um, now, on top of the blackouts, um, depression kicked in. Which is wild to me. Because ain't nobody ever going to tell me that the when I was paralyzed, I didn't get depressed. But when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, that's when the depression kick in? Nah. That don't make no sense to me. It don't make no sense at all. But, like I said, everybody thought it was one thing when it was the other. It took one night where my wife was out. And apparently during one of my blackouts, I was on Facebook, just talking depressive, whatever. Um, so we had a friend come over or she sent a friend over, um, you know, just to keep an eye out on me. Because, you know, the friend had just lost somebody to suicide. So she was worried. Um, so she comes over. She said, hey, can I bring you anything? I said, yeah, bring me a bottle of vodka. You know, and she brought me a bottle of vodka. I didn't open it. I didn't drink it. It just sat there. There was no other alcohol in my house. It wasn't until my wife came home and the friend told her, like, no, he didn't drink anything. Like, he's just out of it. Slurring my words. Couldn't see straight. Like, I, you know, I don't remember most of this because, like I said, blackout. Shit happened with my head. So it wasn't until then that my wife started taking it seriously. Now, once again, not blaming her at all. I should have been better at expressing what I was going through. But, you know, man, we try to keep this shit inside, man. So now we start going to neurologists. 
go get the MRI. First neurologist finna tell me after they look at it that my brain had atrophy. Got the brain of a 65 year old man. I said, what's that from? Concussions? He says, yeah, that's parts of it, but it's also illicit drugs. I said, what you mean illicit? Like illegal? He says, yeah. I said, I don't understand. I was like, like crack and heroin? He's like, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, I definitely overreacted. I jumped up, I said, dog, I ain't never take no fucking drugs like that in my life. The only things I ever put in my body was alcohol and the shit y'all gave me. Y'all gave me pain meds. Could this be from pain meds? No, not at all. Okay, well, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, but you call me a drug addict again, I'm gonna run up in your fucking mouth. Obviously, wasn't welcome back at that neurologist. Which is good because, you know, listen, I'm there trying to get help, and I would tell the boy if I ever did any of that shit. I didn't. I swear to God on fucking Brian Dawkins, on my Eagles Super Bowl, on my kids. Never did no shit like that. I never even smoked weed up until that point. So, go to the next neurologist. Part of my friends for the women, but this was the dumbest bitch I ever seen in my life. She didn't even look at my MRI. She read the report and said, here goes some vitamin D. What's Kev do? Kev acts like Kev. Hits that living switch and goes off on air. On to the next neurologist. <laughs> Third neurologist. And this is when it really started getting fucked up for me. Um, he gave me some you know, depression medicines or something. Couldn't operate. I sit at home with my kids, yo. Like, they're in school, but, you know, my wife works, so I'm, you know, I got to take them to school or pick them up or all that shit. No, couldn't, you know, I took them for the two weeks, and I was like, I can't, I can't take this. It's, I can't, like, no, I can't. They gave me the next, next medicine. Even worse. Ditch that neurologist. Head to my brother's neurologist, um, person to save my brother and my mom's life in Philly. Um, you know, he gives me talking to him. I trust him 100%. He saved my mom's life. Like I said, saved my brother's life. Um, so he gave me Zoloft. Um, and I am not going to lie to you. That was the worst shit that I've ever put in my body in my entire life. That Zoloft fucked with my head. But before we get into that, um, now in the middle of all this, I started Live Films. I, I wrote an album. Like, I don't even remember writing this shit, to be 100% honest with you. I don't remember writing none of this. I don't remember recording it. Um, but there it is. It's sitting there. And, you know, we're going to make it a movie and do all that other shit. But so, you know, during one of my normal days, I just listened to the whole thing in its entirety. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with me? There is something mentally wrong with me and it needs to get addressed. So I'm going to play the intro to that album real quick just so you can see exactly where my mom was at. It's called Suicide Letter.
myself, I'm writing this letter. Like, damn, Kev, you could have done better. All these opportunities that you blew. Meek Miller, Murder, Inc., just to name a few. Who knew that you would fall in this depression? Suicide letter, staring at your weapon. Fully loaded hammer, it's cocked back. Lock off safety, like fuck that. But there's something in my mind just saying stop that. Imagine if Jasmine and Jordan found you like that. With your brain on the wall and your blood on the ceiling. But I still can't just shake this feeling. That I don't want to be here no more. They say that God opens a window when he closes the door. But my shade's down, my window's closed. This is my autobiography, I suppose. All the newest clothes and the freshest will that ain't never concealed. None of this pain I feel. These tears shed at night while my wife sleep. And I'm acting too tough to even tell my peeps. So I found a notebook just to tell the sheets. Then a slow tear trickles right off my cheek. Is this a suicide letter or a rhyme? I guess I know myself in a matter of time. But to my daughters, I love you. This ain't your fault. It all started on the moment that I couldn't walk. So when people say that I'm the inspiration, I laugh to myself and take a vodka vacation. Shit, I blacked out so many nights and can't count the times I'm cursed out by my wife. And I don't even fight because I know that she's right. Say I won't do it again, but then the very next night, I'm back at it, trying to numb the feeling of all the pain I caused shooting and drug dealing. Shit, y'all never heard me say that one. Hand gripping the trigger, I'm holding that gun. I'm just praying to God for a sign. You're either going to hear a blast or another rhyme. So, that's what my brain was on at that moment. Now, I actually skipped ahead a little bit. Um, before we get to the last um, neurologist that gave me the Zoloft, let me back up a little bit. <sighs> you know, when you got a, a bad memory like I do, just based on the concussions and, you know, whatever so in the middle of all this so you know I think this was during the in between the second and third neurologist um, I woke up one morning and my whole left arm was numb and I'm like you know you shake it off you think you slept on it or something now this was right before COVID hit um, I'm like man that's weird so, but the whole day, it just hurt. Like, it was like shooting pains, and I couldn't feel anything but the pain. Like, if I touched something, I couldn't feel nothing. Now, keep in mind, for someone like me, who is already paralyzed and doesn't feel his legs, even though I can walk, I don't feel them. Now, I can't feel my arm. I got one limb left. I got my right arm. The only thing left that I could feel scared the shit out of me. So, what happens? I start having massive panic attacks. Want to see me fall? Sorry about that. Phone ringing. Um, I'm having massive panic attacks. Oh, man, I never had a panic attack. Didn't know how to handle it. Couldn't breathe. Felt like, <sighs> oh, my God, oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Um, you know, but I go to my pain doctor. Tell him what's going on. But this is when doctors wouldn't come near you because this is right when the NBA stopped like the next week he couldn't do nothing for the pinched nerve in my arm and I couldn't go nowhere else because no doctors were actually seeing patients they were doing like the 
you know, uh, virtual thing. And because I'm high risk from being paralyzed and everything else, I'm not going to go to the hospital. So panic attack once every other day, but sometimes it would last hours. Like I just got it in my head. Like, oh my God, my arm don't work. My arm don't work. My arm don't work. What's going to happen if I wake up one day and the other arm don't work. That's what was in my head. And you know, my wife trying the best she can, but I can't like, I couldn't open ketchup. So I'm asking her to do it. Or, you know, she's volunteering to do it really. But that shit don't make you feel like no man. Like true story. Don't make you feel like a man. Like, yeah, she's willing to do it now, but I don't know if 10 years from now, she's going to keep doing it. Like, I don't know. And it scared me. It fucking scared me that I could ever lose her. Um, and, and that kind of was the tipping point. I think I started drinking a lot more, a lot more. I'm talking bottle a day and I'm not talking about the low bottle. I'm talking about like the 1.75 joint. Um, yeah, crown, man. I was heavy on the crown. Um, because I was scared. I was in pain. The pain medicine takes away my normal pain, but it didn't take away my arm. It was killing me. Like anything I touched would hurt. Like I couldn't hold the remote control. I couldn't play a game to get my mind off. I couldn't do anything. So I was making panic attacks come more and more and more and more and more. Now, because of the drinking, you know, I, I've always had some good friends in my corner. I'm not going to lie. Always had some good friends in my corner. But even they you see when you're in a downward spiral. Like, I'm having my homie Jay, my homie Eric, my homie Kenny screaming at me. Like, yo, man, you might want to go check your head. Like, do what you, you know, do, do whatever. And they didn't really know about the drinking. They might have known a little bit, but they didn't think it was like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm hard headed. I don't listen. I just told myself it'll go away. It'll go away. It'll go away. Panic attacks will stop. It'll go away. It'll go away. It'll go away. But I'm getting it in my head from this point, from this point on that. Oh my God. My wife's going to leave me if she just has to feed me because my arms don't work and all this other shit. Like, and it was scaring me, man. Like, really fucking scared. Like, I can't even explain to y'all. But, like, I love my wife more than anything. She is my fucking angel. She is my queen. Like, I could not live without her. I couldn't. Not going to lie to y'all. I couldn't live. And subconsciously I knew this um, which like I told you I made this album and th this is not I'm not playing it to like I'm not playing any of these songs to hype up music or nothing like that but I'm much better at rapping how I feel than I am at talking about how I feel so you know I'm going back to the project while I'm depressed listening to a depressing ass album called Cry for Help about like it's a whole story but it was weird because I wrote it in advance but it's the path I was going so 
I'm gonna play the next another joint for y'all called Please. And it's me basically begging my wife, please not to leave me. And I had this song on repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat while I'm going through these panic attacks. And I know it didn't help. But, you know, when your brain ain't right, your brain ain't right. Um, So this is called Please, man. And to be honest, I don't know if I'll ever put this project out at this point, man, because it does hurt to hear. But sometimes you got to cleanse yourself to, you know, be free of yourself. So like I said, this joint called Please. Um, and just before I play this, I want y'all to know the, the weirdness of this is exactly how I was feeling, but I didn't feel like this when I wrote it. Like, I don't remember writing or recording none of this shit. So, damn, like I said, let's go, this please. What the fuck, name playing? Oh, oh, what the fuck? Ugh. Fuck all in the world, man. Mm. Brent, what you packing your bag for, yo? Yo, yo, yo. Please. Please don't go, please help me be the man that we both know I'm saying please, help me be who I used to be Cause you and the kids, you're you all that I need I'm saying please, don't make me beg I'll try to fix this, I'll do whatever you say I'm saying please, I can't say it enough I'll collapse if you leave cause you're my crutch I'm saying please Please don't leave, please don't take the kids, they the air that I breathe Only reason I ain't ended yet, because of them and you I'll get whatever hell, Bridges tell me what to do I'm saying please, cause you're my queen I've been telling myself this shit ain't bad as it seems But I believe that I deceive myself Perhaps my mental health really do need help I'm saying please, just give me one more chance Give me one more shot so you and I can last her wedding vows saying sickness and in health This my cry for help, I can't do it by myself I'm saying please, I know that you still love me This ain't who I am baby, please don't judge me I know you want me just to be who I was And I swear to God that you the only woman I love I'm saying please, please don't go Please help me be the man that we both know I'm saying please, who I used to be Cause you and the kids, yo, that's all that I need I'm saying please don't make me beg, I try to fix this, I'll do whatever you say I'm saying please, say it enough I'll collapse if I leave cause you're my crutch I'm saying please, hey yo this can be fixed This shit all my fault, yo I'm willing to admit But if you quit, then I might too I see you at the door baby, don't walk through I'm saying please, you stay, I go Don't uproot the kid yo cause this stay home I know you need time, I don't wanna be alone I'm just scared what might happen if I'm left on my own I'm saying please I don't know why this happened But a life without my family I can't even imagine One second it's sadness, the next minute I'm laughing To the next it's suicidal thoughts of me gun blasting Please, I never said that before I see that I'm sick, I never said that before I need help, I can't no longer ignore All that I'm asking is please don't walk at the door I'm saying please Please don't go. Please. So, that was please.
Um, and yeah. So that's all I'm thinking in my head. God, I hope my wife don't leave. I'm fucking up big time. I'm fucking up big time. But at the same time, it's, you know, my fault and not my fault. But me, I'm thinking it's not my fault. I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm blaming my brain more than it probably was. I feel like I use my brain as a crutch for the other issues of the pain meds and of the drinking and everything else. But panic attacks got worse. Like really bad. And to be honest with you, they gave me Xanaxes for depression. They gave me Adderall because I had no desire to get up. Like it was hard to get up in the morning. But I'm like, yo, how you going to give me Adderall in the morning? Pain medicine all during the day. And then give me a fucking Xanny to go to sleep. It made no sense. But I kept asking the doctors, can I take these together? Is it all right? No, that shit wasn't all right. That shit turned my brain to mush. Real talk. Real fucking talk, man. Like, them doctors out there, they really try to fuck you, yo. They really try to fuck you. But... I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to fucking medical school. You telling me it's cool and it'll get better in a couple weeks. Might take a month. All right. Taking it, taking it, taking it. Nah. Ain't doing this shit no more. Get rid of the Xanax. Rid of the Adderall. Feeling, feeling better. Feeling better. Not great, but better than I was. Um, but to pick up the slack, started drinking more. Started drinking more. Now, at the same time, when I went to my pain doctor about my arm, he goes, well, you know, um, and I wasn't asking for no more pain medicine. I'm like, what can we do to help? You know, I'm having these panic attacks. I'm having my arm. It's like killing me. So he gives, gets me a medical marijuana card. Once again, never smoked weed. Don't know how to roll nothing. The only rapper never smoked. Like, I never did none, no fucking drugs, dog. And still, other than this pain medicine, I never took shit that the doctors didn't give me. Um, so start trying that. So now it's drinking. Now it's smoking. Now it's pain medicine. All intertwined with a fucked up depressive mind state. I would like to tell y'all I never felt I was suicidal at all. But when I had my blackouts, who knows what the fuck? Like, I don't know what I was doing during those times. One time I had a blackout. My wife told me my homie was here. We all went out to dinner with my family and his family. And then me and him went out afterwards. We went to some dork game bar that's owned by the bull from Big Bang. That's not a spot I would kick it at. Then they And at dinner, they said I ordered a prime rib and a baked potato. Never in my fucking life have I ordered a prime rib and a baked potato. But, you know, that's what it was. After the fucking, uh, after the dork bar thing, apparently we went to a hookah lounge. Never once in my life have I fucking done a hookah thing. These aren't places I would go in a normal mind state when I'm functioning. Um, and my homie told me, yo, you only had two beers all night. And then out, out of nowhere, your brain just turned off and you were speaking in tongues. It was gibberish. Like I had somebody pick me up and I, I don't remember none of this shit. Like even when we went out to dinner with my family, I don't remember. 
Like, and that's what was just happening to me. So, you know, it was just events like that that kept going and kept going and kept going. Now, in the meantime, like I said, my friends see I'm fucking up bad. Um, you know, they're telling me, hey, man, you should go get help, go get help, go get help, go get help. Your brain's fucked up, go get help. So, fucked up part is I ain't even get to my downward spiral yet. <laughs> That's the fucked up part of all this. My downward spiral started the night of my first podcast. I was excited, you know, hey, do a shot, a couple shots, yeah, we're going to do this, da 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 and I'm not going to get into my homie's personal business, but my best friend called me about something and me being in a bad mind state while drinking, I kind of snapped at him over something that was not his fault at all. You know, I got, it was around the time of George Floyd, not going to speak on anything, but he was not out of line nor disrespectful. It was all me. Um, but what happens now? My best friend ain't talking to me. So, you know, I got two best friends, but I just lost half of them. Um, so how do I handle that? Honestly, the worst way possible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not in a good mental mind state, but now I'm like, I'm beefing with the neighbors over some dumb shit. Like now, to be honest with you, You know, one of my neighbors, I'm 100% right on what I did in, in my mind, sorry, in my mind still, my, my 100% sober mind right now. Um, but, you know, is what it is. But now we beefing with them and I'm going crazy. So now this turmoil starts happening in my house. And I'm hearing that please song play out. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing everything that would lead up to that play out. So this is when the other neurologist comes to the story. He gives me um, Zoloft. When I tell you that was the worst thing, the worst fucking three weeks of my life. It was. Took it. First day, you know, it's got to get in your system. Not a big deal. The second day, I wake up. It's like 4 a.m. and I never sleep. I'm, if I get two hours sleep a night, I'm I'm good. Like I never sleep, so I go to sleep like two. Wake up at four. I'm in terrible pain. Take my pain medicine. Well, when I took my pain medicine with the Zoloft, I thought I was going to die. I wake my wife up. Call 911. My chest. I can't. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Can't breathe. Like I'm, I'm, I couldn't handle it. So the ambulance comes, they take me to the hospital and they tell me ain't nothing wrong. Your, your heart's fine. Everything's fine. But I know my body. I'm like, no, this shit ain't right. So I talked to the neurologist. Neurologist says, well, you're going to have some, you know, effects of the Zoloft for the first couple of weeks. Just, just rock through it. How the fuck I'm supposed to rock through it? When, honestly, it got to the point by the third day, I couldn't open my eyes to get out of bed. When I opened my eyes, up was down, left was right, blues were yellow, nothing made sense. Nothing. But based on the day before, I ain't going to take my pain medicine so I can get up and actually watch my kids because now COVID hit and they're here every day. So, you know, I'm going on 
fucking months. Um, it was like the fuck. Ever since this shit started, I've been at home with the kids every single day. Every day. I can't go outside because, you know, I'm paralyzed. I can get that shit real quick and it's curtains for me. So I'm staring at these four walls. Every day, the same four walls. Every day, the same four fucking walls. Kids asking me the same fucking questions every day. Why the princess dress purple? Da -da 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 -da. Everything. And I'm not here on the Zoloft. So I said to myself, how can I feel better? Went and got a bottle. Go, 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 Whole bottles every day, every day. But at this point, that $50 crown bottle, uh, I ain't spending that a day. So now I go to the cheap shit, which y'all know how the cheap shit affect you. <laughs> so, but without drinking, I wasn't able to get up and function. Like I really need to state that. That Zola fucked my head up so much. If I did not drink, that was the only way I could see straight. I know it might not make sense, but that was the only fucking way I could even get out of bed, walk, make sure the kids were fed, and do everything because, like, I couldn't see on that medicine. Like, I really need y'all to understand. And for someone who has bad legs with, you know, the leg braces help, but, you know what I mean? Like, I could fall easily. That's the last thing I want to do is fall and hit my head and fuck myself up. So... You know, fuck it. If I got to handle it as a man, I said, fuck it. I do what I got to do. I'll drink the shit. It is what it is. So about a week and a half into the Zoloft, I'm drinking a bottle a day, bottle a day, bottle a day. And I'm talking about I'm, I'm, I'm drinking it as soon as my eyes open at 4 a.m. Like I drink until, you know, I pass out a little bit around two, wake up at four, back to the drink, back to the drink, back to the drink, because I was too scared to take my pain medicine with it because I thought I was going to fucking die on that. So, after about a week and a half, I'm like, fuck that. I ain't taking this Zoloft shit no more. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. But, once again, I didn't know. It takes about a week and a half to get out of my system now. <sighs> so, once again, drink, 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 go, 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 every day till that shit got out of my system. Now, this is where it got bad. Now, at this point, all my homies is like, yo, you need help. You need help. You need help. Yo, you, not only do you need mental help, but now you need a fucking rehab on top of it. Like you, yo, and they all, they all it was tough love, man. And I love them all for it. Love them all for it. You know, despite all the friends I might've lost and bridges I might've burnt my core besides my best friend, which I don't blame him at all for. So if you're listening, homie, I still love you, man. Love is love. Whenever you're ready to talk, I'm here. I admit all my wrongdoings. But um, like I said, Jay telling me get help. Kenny telling me get help. Even Gator was telling me get help. Gator like, yo, dog, I went through this shit. I'm telling you, get help. It will be help, but you'll feel better, man. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. So in between all of that, this it was this exact moment. I remember the moment when I gave up. Um, my homie flew down, my homie Manny flew down, um, you know, to, to, to see a friend of his and I go over there. Now we at the pool, whatever. I go to take my shoes off. I to get in the pool. I look at my foot and there is a giant fucking black and blue blood bubble on my big toe. Now, 
being paralyzed, anything on your feet, you instantly think, fuck, I've had feet issues. Like if you get a cut on your foot, I'm stuck in bed for three months because you can't walk on it. Want to see me? You can't walk on it. So sorry for the phone call again. Um, you can't walk on it. So, you know, I'm thinking, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm going to be stuck in bed. Panic attack hit. Panic attack hit. Oh my God. I get in the car. I'm like, yo, I got to go. I got to go. I go home. I drop the kids off. I tell my wife, yo, I, I got to get out of the house. I got to get out of the house. Worst decision. Worst fucking decision. So, I'm driving. All I wanted to do was go get a fucking hot dog and a big ass unsweetened iced tea just to calm myself down. Because I was, th this was the worst panic attack I had. So I sit there, I think the panic attack's out of me before I get back in the car after eating my hot dog, having a fucking unsweetened iced tea, just trying to calm myself down. Go up the street, turn around, heading home. Um, panic attack, massive, boom, hits me while I'm driving. So I'm, tr and I don't have any of my panic attack medicine. They gave me some shit called Klonopin, which did help, but I didn't have it in the car. I had it at the house because, you know, I didn't want to drive on any medicine I wasn't really used to. So now all I'm thinking is I got to get home. I got to get home. I remember bumping into the car in front of me. I do remember that. And I also remember talking to the person. And they told me, yo, your car's fucked up, but my car's fine. So we're good. I, I remember saying, are we good? They said, yeah. All right. All right. Oh, my own. Fuck, fuck my car. Brand new 2020. Fuck it. I don't care. That's what insurance is for. I got to get home. I can't breathe. Can't breathe. Can't breathe. Whatever, whatever. Make a home. I hear. Cop at the door. I'm like, still having a panic attack. I'm like, yeah. And it was like, hi, um, do you have this car? I'm like, yeah. They were like, yeah, well, you were involved in a hit and run earlier. I said, no, I wasn't. He said, well, I have a picture of your car. I said, okay. So the picture he shows me, right, is my car pulled over on the side of the road with the other car in front of me while the lady is at my window talking to me. Now, to me, I don't understand how that's a hit and run. I sat there. I talked to the lady. She told me wasn't nothing wrong with the car. And even on the report, it said less than $50 damage. So I'm like, I don't understand. But whatever. I, I honestly didn't care. I was like, fuck it. I don't fucking care. I still can't breathe. I'm trying to calm myself down because I'm worried about my foot. I'm worried about my foot. I'm worried about my foot. Next day, go to the foot doctor. You know, they, they cut the shit. Let all the blood drip out. Now I got to get to have the nurse come to my house fucking four times a week to, to wrap my foot up. Panic attack hitting in. So what am I doing? Drinking more, drinking more, drinking more, drinking more, drinking more. And I'm going in heavy, like heavy, heavy. Um, You know, not the best way to handle things. Once again, I understand that. And I'm not looking for no excuses. I'm, I'm just giving the reason. Sometimes there is a difference between a reason and an excuse. The only thing that did make me feel better was that because I still have the Zoloft in my system. I can't take the pain medicine. Now I'm in excruciating pain. I can't feel my left arm. I'm having massive panic attacks 
And the only thing that was helping me deal with any of the pain was drinking. So. I do the podcast with Gator. I start talking to Gator about it after, after you know, after the podcast. And he, like I said, he's telling me, get help, bro. Like, you really like, I, you know, I love you. You just get some help, man. Like, I had to do it, too. It's, it's OK. Like, you just got to get the right medicines. Go to a place where they could sit and watch you and test the medicines on you. So I'm like, all right, all right. Now, my wife is saying the same thing. But now she's saying I can't function with this Zoloft shit in my body. So what starts happening? Every day I'm waking, like I'm, it gets to be 7, 8, 9 a.m. when she's going to work. And she's taking the kids and dropping them off at my brother's house. This was a good two weeks of this. Dropping off my brothers, dropping them off my brothers, dropping them off my brothers. Now I'm starting to feel bad for my brother. So now I'm getting sad. Depression's hitting me harder and harder and harder. Depression's hitting. Can't feel my arm. Panic attacks hitting. I'm in pain, but I still can't take my pain medicines because of the Zoloft in my body and I can't see straight. Once again, not an excuse. This is a reason. Um, <laughs> so I go on my homie Tame's podcast. Um, and that was a bad night. That was a bad look. Um, and my wife was like, how the fuck are you going to go on a podcast? And you can't do anything else. And I'm like, Brit, you don't understand. Like, if I don't get up for this, I'm not going to get up for nothing. I couldn't even walk up the stairs to go do it because I was going to do it as a joint podcast where I didn't have to do one that week. Um, now, in the middle of all of this, all the RIPs I hit, I hit earlier, Steve Untitled. Um, you know, Will, Malik B, um, you know, that all happened that week. So now I'm extra sad. I'm extra drinking. And to be honest with you, my, I ain't been the same since Kobe died. Um, I almost died in the end of December last year. Um, just uh, fell asleep. My wife couldn't wake me up. I wake up in the hospital. They had no idea what happened. Um, you know, I was there for like five days. They did every test on me. They couldn't figure out why I wasn't waking up. Maybe I was just in a deep sleep or some shit because that was way before the drinking started. But whatever. So Kobe dies. And I'm sorry if I'm all over the place. But um, once Kobe died, man, it really fucked my world up. Because he was a girl dad like me. And I know Kobe would have given anything for one more second with his daughters. And here I am, a dark, depressive fucking mess. And it hurts hurt like it hurt that I knew I was fucking up my brain was a mess but I couldn't do anything because all the medicines they were giving me were fucking my head up worse like I tried to do it the right way originally and it didn't work like it just didn't work so like when I tell you I pulled my kids out of school my daughter was seven I pulled her out of school to watch Kobe's funeral and cried the whole time who the fuck does that like when I tell you that Kobe shit fucked me up more than anybody could ever imagine, ever imagine that shit broke my soul. Like, um, damn man, it fucking hurt. So, you know, fast forward, I know I'm fucking up, but I'm, I'm doing what they told me to do. So I stopped. You know what I mean, I, I'm trying to get the Zoloft out of me. My wife's telling me, yo, you need to go someplace or I'm leaving. Like it got to that point. 
And I said, listen, as soon as I get this Zoloft out of me, I will go. I promise you, I will go. I will go to the fucking mental health place. Just let me get this Zoloft out of me, please. Because if I go there, I'm not going to be able to operate. Let this shit get out of my system. It might take a week. It might take a day. I don't know. So now she's taking the kids every day, taking the kids every day. So I jump on my homie Tame's podcast. First things first, didn't know it was a video podcast till the last minute. That's on me because I didn't ask. Um, so when I get on, it was a mental health episode, and here I am in my free fall. Um, and I wasn't even trying to hide shit. I just said everything like, fuck it. I'm, I'm taking a bottle of vodka to the head. I ain't even pouring this shit in a cup to pretend it's water in front of a video camera. I'm just like, fuck it. Go, 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 go. Spray out this big ass fucking cheap bottle of vodka. But my friends are watching. Dog, they aired me out. They aired me the fuck out. And I deserved it. It was all tough love. They said, listen, we all told Britt she needs to leave you if you don't go get help right the fuck now. All right? So we're done with you. Don't talk to us no more because we had a group chat and everything. Don't talk to us until we see you better. Don't fucking call us for nothing. Don't do nothing. They banged on me. Understandable. Not mad at none of them. Not mad at Jay, not mad at Kenny, not mad at Eric, not mad at none of them. Because honestly, they was right. They was giving me the tough love, but like when I tell you I couldn't see straight, I couldn't see straight. So, drinking more, drinking more, drinking more. But now, I am drinking every fucking day by myself because nobody's in the house. So it's not like I gotta watch what I do in front of the kids because they're at my brother's house. My wife's at work. Fuck it, I'm a drink. Fuck it, I'm a smoke. Do whatever just to get through the Zoloft. And like I said, it's just very weird because, as I said, and this is the last song I'm going to play off this Cry for Help joint, but I, I just found it so fucking weird that everything I went through, I wrote about it before it fucking happened. And I don't remember writing it or recording it. Like I said, I couldn't tell you who made half these beats, but... um. This is actually the favorite song I've ever made in my life. It's called uh, Lonely in This Big House. And this is the point where I was at with Zoloft in my body. My kids are going around my brother's house. Um, I'm drinking a bottle a day. I'm smoking. Zoloft in my head. Can't see. Can't function. Like, couldn't do anything. I was going two weeks without eating. Like, I forgot to eat. Like, it was bad. But like I said, this joint called Lonely in This Big House, my favorite joint I ever made.
God forgive what I'm about to do It's just so lonely in this big house It's just so empty inside my mind God, if you want me here, show me a sign Cause I'm contemplating suicide When no note, don't wanna say goodbye Just wish I could look into my daughter's eyes And tell my wife I'm sorry just one last time But this ain't Kevin that's about to die Cause he's been gone for such a long time Since that's the case there ain't no need to cry Just tell him how daddy really used to be Only good thoughts when they think of me Throughout my whole history I was the best dad that I tried to be Till my brain crept in with misery Neurologist said I got atrophy And the brain of a 65 year old man So why try, might as well make the gun land Then I'll die Cause it's so lonely in this big house It's just so lonely in this big house So before I go and check out Let me crush the pills, put them in my mouth Wash it down with a couple shots To build up the courage for me to take the last shot Gonna take away the hurt I'm about to put on my favorite shirt To look good when I'm leaving here To anyone who loves me, please don't shed no tears Cause for a long time I haven't been happy here Can't even recollect most of this past year Just so sick of always hurt Who I became, I really hate this person About to pull a Remy from higher learning and end it all just to finally stop the hurting It's kinda lonely in this big house It's just so lonely in this big house And when you come from the slums of Philly Always thought the streets would be the thing to kill me I never thought that it would be I But when I go I hope I see Pac and B.I. Looking at my watch, it's about that time This is it I guess it's time to say goodbye To end the loneliness I feel inside It's like I finally made up my mind Cause it's too lonely in this big house It's too lonely in this big house Anybody who's ever gone through depression knows how the fuck that feels. But I just found it so baffling that I wrote all this shit before I went through it. Like, I don't know if it was God telling me or what it was. Um, but I know when when I was here, like even when I was drunk, when I was my brain was here and it wasn't a blackout phase, um, I would never think of suicide. Like I would never 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 think of killing myself but who knows what you'll do when you during these blackouts I was having so now the blackout stopped about eight months ago um so that was good that was good um but the depression was still there and 
it was hard, man. Like, it was really fucking hard. Like, it was tough. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm not good at talking on this shit, man. Like, I don't talk to nobody about none of this. Like, my wife even had me see a therapist. And for the first six months, I took that shit as a joke. Like, I would just tell her what she wanted to hear. But, you know, later on, it was the only person I could really talk to. Um, because I ain't going to tell my wife I'm feeling like a bitch. Like, I'm not. I ain't going to tell my homies I'm feeling like a bitch. No. So, you know, it it got to the point where that song was real to me. Like, I'm in this house all day by myself, day and night, day and night, day and night. Drinking, 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 drinking. Um... But now it's getting to the point where if I don't have a drink, shakes are kicking in. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, am I going through withdrawals? I don't know. I'm thinking that's what it is. So, you know, now I can't stop the drinking. Um, so the Zoloft got out of my system. It was a Tuesday. I don't remember the exact date. It was about a month ago. This is when I stopped hiding. Like... I, I couldn't even function a pod no more. Um, it was like a Tuesday where I was feeling it was going away. So I told my wife, I right, look, just give me till Friday. Let me make sure. And I'll go to the fucking uh, mental health facility. During that week, I was in the ER three times. Just, I don't even remember why, to be honest with you two at the times. Um, but, you know, my wife's like, listen, I got your bag packed. We can go right now. And I'm, I'm having the shakes. I'm like, no, nah, I need a drink. I need a drink. Like, just take me the fuck home. And she was like, she was done. Like, I could tell she was done, man. And I knew it. I knew it. I said, listen. If it's, and, and this was wrong of me. A hundred percent fucking wrong of me to say. I said, listen. For 10 years since we've been married. Every fucking day, I busted my ass to walk, to be a better person, a better husband, a better father. I'm asking you for fucking five days. Just let me make sure the shit's out of my system. By Friday, I'll go to the place. She said, okay. She said, I'm going to tell you if I come home Friday and you're not there, we're done. I saw it in her eyes. I saw the pain. I saw the heartbreak. I saw what I was doing to her. Um, I'm not going to lie. 50% of me didn't care. The other 50% of me was broken inside. Which obviously led to more drinking, more whatever. So, you know, the rest of that week was like, to be honest, a blur. Um, I was beyond drunk every fucking day. I'm like, look, she ain't, you know, if she comes home, she's taking the kids out or they're taking them upstairs. So I'm sitting in my sports room. I'm, you know, I'm not seeing nobody. I'm just drinking. Fuck it. My homie's coming over. Um, we're just drinking, 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 you know, like it was bad, man. It was bad. So that Friday comes up before she goes, she gives me a kiss and she says, I hope you keep your word. I arranged everything to go to the place. I said, okay, by the time you get home, I'll be going and I'll be there. I said, I'm gonna have my friends take me. So she gets off work at six o'clock. So obviously I'm not going before six o'clock. 
because I know from hospitals, if I miss the doctor in the morning, ain't going to make no fucking difference anyway. So I'm going to go later in the afternoon. Drink, 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 drink. I'm sad. I don't want to go to this place, man. I'm scared. I'm everything else. I don't want to go to this mental health facility. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Now, keep in mind, I still haven't taken any of the pain meds because I was waiting for the Zoloft to get out of my system. By that point, it was kind of out of my system, but I'm like, well, I haven't taken it in about two to three weeks. Let me just see, you know, what happens. So, you know, drinking all day, drinking all day. My homies pick me up. Um, my one homie was here drinking with me all day, and then my other homie picked me up and was, was driving and taking me there. So we make a stop, you know, just to get a last drink in on the way there. We get to the place. They wouldn't take me because I was paralyzed. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. The mental health facility would not take me because they said my leg braces could be used as weapons. <laughs> okay. Well, where the fuck am I supposed to go now? I can't go home. So my homie, you know, he um he went through a lot of, a lot of trials and tribulations in the past couple of years, and he he knows a lot of medical shit. So he says, you know, let me call Britt and tell her what's going on, and we will figure it out. So they figured out that if they took me to Orlando Health or whatever it was called, that if they take me there and say, hey, we need to check him into a mental health facility, they have to keep you there for 24 hours and find a place for you to go okay fuck it I'm drunk I don't care I'm like alright I'll just sleep if I can I sleep like 3 hours so like I said they have to legally put you in a place within 24 hours by the 7th hour shaking like crazy sweating like crazy withdrawals like crazy I'm in a dark ass room asking for help hey is there anything you can give me for a withdrawal please help me please 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 nah sit in the room Ninth hour 10th hour 11th hour 12th hour 15th hour 20th hour 22nd hour 23rd hour so now I am sick like I am shaking I'm crying I'm fucking puddles of sweat everywhere nobody would take me nobody would take me because I'm paralyzed they said basically we're a mental health facility we can't help you with your other issues you need help with which are basically like I'll be honest with you since I don't feel nothing from the waist down I have to use a self catheter to go to the bathroom well we don't want you to have them on the floor um you know, I I don't have a, a butt muscle. So sometimes, not often, but sometimes in the middle of the night, something might come out. Like, oh, we ain't going to help you with that. We're not taking you. We're not taking you. We're not taking you. So they sent me to the place, the only place that would take me, their own fucking um, mental health facility. But do you know who goes there? All the crackheads. All the heroin addicts all the fucking psychopaths when I tell you I was one of three people that actually had clothes that they brought from home for this 
Yeah. That shit was like jail, yo. Like, not even gonna hold you. That shit was prison. I saw a motherfucker get stabbed in the neck with a little kitty pencil over a turkey fucking dinner that was disgusting. I'm seeing this other chick slam her head on the fucking wall and ain't nobody stopping her. They playing on their phones. Like, what the fuck? Where am I? How the fuck did I get here? Like, I got money, but nobody would fucking take me. So, light bulb goes off in my head. Um, the light bulb goes off and it's, yo, Kev, you got to get through this. But what happens when you go to one of these places? Hey, we see what medicines you're on. Here goes your, your diabetes. Here goes your high blood pressure. Here goes all your vitamins and here goes your pain medicine. I can't refuse it. I tried. No, you got to take it all. You got to take it all. See how it interacts with the medicine. This, that, and third. Okay. So all they did was replace the drinking withdrawals back to my pain medicine. I'm there for six days or so. Um, like, couldn't sleep. Like, they would just take somebody out of your room and throw somebody else in there at fucking one in the morning who's having a fucking mental breakdown. Like, it got so bad, they, they were needling me in the ass with, like, fucking medicine. I'm like, look, I can't fucking sleep in here with this bull. Like, so they would, like, you know, shoot me up with that shit. They, like, a fucking elephant tranquilizer or some shit. Every fucking night I was there. It got to the point one night I asked them to put me in fucking ISO. I'm like, yo, just fucking, I'll, I'll go to the padded room. Just please, I need somewhere to sleep. Like, please, I can't fucking sleep with this boy acting crazy. So they said, okay, ain't no issue, Kev. You know, you've been a great patient so far. Like, and they gave me some shit called Zoloft. So, you know, the Zoloft actually fucking helped crazy. Like, it really, really, really I mean, not Zoloft, I'm sorry, uh, Cymbalta. The Cymbalta, that shit, that shit helped, man. Like, it, it really evened me out, and that's what I'm on now. Um, there's been no issues with it. I've been good. Um, so, the night I asked to go to the, to the fucking crazy ward so I could fall asleep, I'm laying, now this bed ain't like the other beds. This shit is just, it's hard. So I drift off for an hour, wake up through my fucking back out. So now I'm in fucking terrible pain. I can't walk because I still have that cut on my foot, don't forget. So now I'm back in the wheelchair. Back on this shit, man. So, you know, week goes by or so. And, you know, they let me out. I got out on a Wednesday, I believe. Um, my homie picks me up. Now, at this point in my life, I realized, yo, I'm not trying to fucking, you know, I'm not trying to do this no more. Like, I want all this shit out of my system. I keep taking the Cymbalta, but I don't want to take these pain meds no more. I'm not trying to, you know, drink like that. Like, I just, I just want to be me again. So, picks me up around one. Um, I was cool. Didn't drink or nothing. Um, came home, watched the Sixers. I was just happy to be able to watch a basketball game because, you know, like they took that shit away from me, you know, with COVID and all. So, I was just happy to be able to watch the Sixers. Um, 
gets to be like, they gave me my last pain medicine around 12, but now it's getting to be around 8. And I know my body, and I can tell when I'm about to get the withdrawals again because they put me on the shit that I should not have fucking taken in the hospital, and I told them I didn't want it. But, you know, they shove that shit down your throat in mental facilities, dog. Like, real talk. Like, I'm not... This is the first time this shit wasn't on me. Like, no, that was them. And I feel it coming. So I tell the wife, yo, you know, um, I'm about to... I'm, I'm, I'm about to fucking go through some crazy shakes. Like, so I went and got a case of beer. Didn't help at all. Like, I couldn't even drink it because I didn't. I knew she didn't want me to have no liquor. And I was cool with that. I'll just have, you know, normal beers like I used to have back in the day. No, wasn't working. Just to be 3.30 in the morning, I can't handle this shit. Like, this shit was worse than the first night of withdrawals. You know, the week or so before. So, 3.30 in the morning, I wake her up. Yo, um... Take me right now to a fucking detox. Take me right now. If I don't go now, I'm not going to go. Take me right now. We pull up. You know, my bag was already packed from the, the thing. When we came home, we washed it. We just threw the same shit back in the bag right to the detox. I say, when she drops me off, I say, drive away. She says, why? I said, because they're probably going to say they can't take me because of my legs. So she drops me off. I go in a detox place. What did they tell me? Oh, I'm sorry. We can't take you because of your medical condition. I said, listen, I'm going to let you pick. This is what I said to the lady. I said, I'm going to let you pick. Do you want me to call the Florida Disability Act or the American Disability Act? I said, I'm going to let you pick because it's your fucking job on the line. So you fucking pick. What do you know? They let me in. By the time I got a room, it was like 530 in the morning. Withdrawn like crazy, withdrawn like crazy. Doctor comes at nine, Kev. Just make it to nine, make it to nine, make it to nine. Now, my stomach is killing me at this point. So I get up, I cast myself, I piss, I go sit on the toilet. I have no idea what happened. Um, they told me it was because my blood pressure dipped too low. I don't know. But all I know is I woke up on the floor with my head cracked open because I hit the corner of the shower tile, blood all over the place, half my body in the shower, half my body wrapped around the toilet, the bottom of the toilet where my leg brace was caught. And I'm 6'4", and I'm in this tiny-ass hospital bathroom. I'm talking might be three feet by three feet. And I'm 6'4", covered in blood. I look over, there's shit on the floor. I must have done something when I fell. I don't know. So I'm, I wake up and I'm, I'm looking at all this blood. I'm screaming, help, help, help. They come, they try to help me. They called the ambulance. Took them 35 minutes to be able for me to get out of that bathroom because they could not figure out because my leg braces was caught on the toilet. I couldn't move my legs. Like, and I'm half in the shower, I'm half not. My back is fucking twisted up. I had to crawl out of there myself. Not being able to see. I'm talking blood was in my eyes, y'all. I crawl out. I ain't got no pants on. There's shit all over. Covered in blood. You know, they get me on the stretcher. They take me to the hospital. Get to the hospital. Of course, what's the first thing they do? 
Shoot me up with some shit. Boom. Shot me up with fentanyl. Gave me a pain medicine. So by the time I like was starting to get like my brain together a little bit, because once again, what happened when I fell besides cracking my head open, another concussion. Fuck me. Fuck my life. Another concussion. But now I'm in the hospital and all my catheters are back at the mental health place with my bag. Now, they never gave me a code number, apparently. Like, you're supposed to, if anybody wants to come and t- see you or talk to you or get any information, you have to give them the code number, not the patient's name. So, they couldn't get my bag with the catheters. Now, for some reason, the hospital catheters don't work. Like, it won't go in. It just gets stuck. I don't know why. They don't know why. It is what it is. So, I'm sitting there, head cracked open. Fucking naked from the waist down can't see straight I can't think I can't like I I couldn't even give them my wife's phone number for three hours like I couldn't see straight but they you know shove the IV in you so what's the IV making me do it's making me have to go to the bathroom because it's liquids in your body so by the time I could finally see straight I gave them a phone number my stupid ass gave them my phone number and not my wife's phone number (laughs) Now, we're only one digit apart, so it, it is what it is. So after an hour, I'm like, yo, y'all still didn't get in touch with her? They're like, no, it's going right to voicemail. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, that's because, you know, my phone's in my bag in the hospital because you can't have your phone. So once they showed me the number, I'm like, no, it's a seven at the end. So now they're stitching my head up, seven stitches. Um, You know, I'm starting to get my bearings together. I'm in god-awful pain. They call my wife. She come, rushes over from work, has to leave work. I thought so, but she says, no, I need to take off today. I knew something was going to happen to you. And I was just like, Britt, like, I don't know what to tell you. I fell when I was in the place. That's not my fault. Like, you wanted me to go get help, and I went and got help. Like, I went to the mental place you asked me to go to. I went to the rehab, the 30-day shit you wanted me to go through. Like, I went. It's not my fault I fell. I'm sorry I fell. I'm sorry you had to come here. She really wasn't trying to hear that shit. She was mad, and rightfully so. Um, so, so I'm laying there. She comes. I'm finally able to go to the bathroom. I'm starting to be able to see a little better, starting to feel better, but I could tell I had the concussion because when the lights would go on, the headache throbbing, throbbing, throbbing. I don't get headaches. Um... So, I got this friend, Eladio, um, Andy. Um, now, this is going to sound crazy, but the day I knew God existed, I get a phone call from him. Now, he used to be a knucklehead back in the day, doing all types of dumb shit. He changed his whole life, very religious and everything else, man. And, you know, he never, never, never preaches religion to nobody. Like, he, that's not him. Like, he's like you know you know how you got them religious friends that are always like, well, God says that that's not him. Like, that's my man. That's been my other best friend for 25, 30 years. Like, so I get a phone call one day. This is about 11 years ago. It's the day I knew God existed. I get a phone call. He says, yo, Kev, let's go to breakfast. I said, man, no. He goes, well, why not? I said, I'm not going to breakfast with another man. That shit is weird. He's like, come on, I got to talk to you about something. 
I'm like, no. He's like, yo, I'm buying. Pick wherever you want to go. Oh, shit. All right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, me, I go turn down a free meal. So we get there. We sit down. We order. And I said, so what's up? What you got to talk to me about? What I do. My first thought, what I do. Who I upset now. <laughs> he goes, no, nothing like that. He goes, God told me to tell you what you're about to go through. I got your back and so does he. I kind of giggled. I was like, what the fuck you mean? He goes, listen, I don't know why God told me to tell you that today. It had to be today. I said, okay. Ain't think nothing of it. The next day I got paralyzed. The next day. You can't tell me God don't exist from that point on in my life. Like, you can't tell me that. So, wow. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know why every time when I feel bad about myself, I call him and it calms me down. It's like the voice of God coming out of his mouth. I don't know why it's been like that for, like I said, like 10, 11 years. Um, so I'm laying there in a hospital bed. My wife, they gave me my phone, um, out of the bag. So I call him and I just start crying on the phone. As soon as I hear his voice, I start crying. I'm telling him everything is going on. Everything, everything. Right in front of my wife. Fuck it. I don't care. I, I need to get this out of me. And he was like, listen, you know, you know, his, his, I'm not trying to put too much of his business in the street, but his brother's also paralyzed. And he was just telling me some things he was going through and, you know, how he was working through them. So he tells me, listen. First thing you got to do is get that fucking medicine out of your system. Get all that shit out of your system. And I'm like, no. I was like, but they were forcing it down my throat at the fucking mental place. Like, he goes, dog, you don't take it. Spit it out. Let them fucking smack you. Do whatever. Don't take it. So I get off the phone with him. The head doctor comes in immediately after, which I thought was kind of weird. Because what are the odds of that? Once again, I know God's real. I said, listen, I don't care how much pain I'm in. I don't care how much I cry. I don't care how much I shake or beg for some help. Do not put any opioids in my fucking body. Please do not put any fucking opioids in my body. They said, are you sure? I said, yeah, man, I don't care how much pain I'm in. Fuck it. I'll deal with the shit. I will deal with it. Do not put that shit in my body. I said, if I'm going to detox, might as well be fucking here in the hospital where y'all can help me. She goes, wow, man, that's that's big. All right, cool. Um, but just so you know, we can't give you anything for detox. So you talk to the psychiatrist. I said, cool. Can you get me the psychiatrist? And can you get me the pastor? Because it's a, like Catholic hospital. They said, yeah. They said, well, we'll get them to you as soon as possible. We, because you, you know, passed out when you fell. We got to keep you for a day or two just to make sure you are. Right. All right, cool. So my wife leaves. I could tell she she pissed at me, which I still don't understand why. Like, just because I did everything she asked me to do. Like, yeah, I shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. But you told me go to the mental place. I went. I got out. And then I went the same night to the detox. Like, but once again, I understand. So I'm not giving no ill will towards her at all. So, you know, it gets to be like seven hours later. They put me in a room and I'm waiting for the psychiatrist. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, a psychiatrist never came. So guess who went through a fucking terrible night of detoxing again? 
Now, luckily, you know, they were able to give me, like, Benadryl and ibuprofen, but that don't do nothing to me. Like, not with all the medicine they had me taking before. But, you know, they made sure I had liquids. They were calming me down. They, they were really good about it. They were really good about it. And, um, so, shout out to East Florida Hospital. But, um, so, I wake up the next day, and I start crying. The nurse asked me what's wrong, and I'm like, like, I'm like, they never came last night. And I don't want y'all to get rid of me. And I have nowhere to go. I'm like, I can't go home. I have to fix this problem. The nurse goes, you have my word. They will not take you out of here until we find some place you can go. I'm like, listen, I thank you, but you're not the doctor. She's like, I'll talk to the doctor. I'll get the social worker down here. She'll find a spot for you. I said, all right, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Whole day psychiatrist still ain't come that whole day so once again detoxing the whole day that day so now i'm going two days straight of just shaking withdrawals whatever but i'm dealing with it by day three is when the social worker came and the psychiatrist well at this point i didn't detox myself but you know you're telling me the medicine's gonna help i'll take it some shit called suboxone or some shit okay so I told a social worker all my medical issues. I'm like, yeah, I'm paralyzed, but I could walk with the leg braces. I have to self-cath. You know, sometimes I might have an accident or something like when I'm sleeping and I don't know. So, you know, I might need some help cleaning myself up. But other than that, that's it. She says, okay, well, how far are you willing to travel? I said, I will go anywhere in this state because she can't go cross state lines. I said, I will go anywhere in the state. I can't lose my family. I got to do this for them can't lose them they lose them fuck it i'm done like i'm done that's all i'm thinking i can't i gotta do this i gotta do this so next day goes by nobody will take me because i'm paralyzed next day goes by nobody will take me because i'm paralyzed the next day goes by nobody will take me because i'm paralyzed now, this isn't a simple phone call to the place, yo, will you take Kev? No, you got to send all the medical documents over. So you got to fax everything, wait for them to get it, talk to their doctors. So you can only do like three or four a day. So by day five, I'm, you know, pretty much withdrawn out. Like, all right, I'm feeling kind of normal. They got me on the Suboxone and everything cool. Well, not the Suboxone, the Cymbalta, the brain medicine. I'm starting to feel like me again. But the psychiatrist comes in. And they tell me, yeah, we're going to give you this uh, Suboxone. You should probably take it for a year. Now, I understand why people take the Suboxone. You know, if, if you like opioids, I never liked opioids. I just took them because I needed them for the pain. But I'm like, you know what, man? Fuck it. I'll deal with the pain. I need my brain back. Um, but what the Suboxone does, it makes you a little loopy, but doesn't take the pain away. Well, I don't want to be loopy. I just want the pain gone. So if that's not going to do that, and then the fucking psychiatrist tells me, well, listen, you're going to detox from the Suboxone. What? I ain't going through that shit again. Are you fucking out of your mind? Immediately. Stop taking that shit. Now, luckily, I only took it like three days, so there was no withdrawals or nothing. But no, I'm not taking that shit. Fuck it. So day five goes by. Day six goes by. Day seven goes by. But now the hospital's bitching. Yo, we can't have him here. There's no medical reason for him to be here. 
Like, he should have been gone by day three, and we let him sit around here for seven days. But, you know, at least I was eating at that point because I haven't eaten for weeks, hadn't cut my hair in weeks, hadn't fucking showered in weeks. Like, I was bad, y'all. So, my homie comes, my barber comes to the fucking hospital, cuts my hair, right in the room. Nurse walks in like, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, I couldn't take this shit no more. Like, I mean, I my hair ain't never been that long. You know, I jump in the shower, feeling all right. You know, I'm, I'm feeling me again. But I understand I still needed help. I still needed whatever talking to people or whatever. Whatever the fuck they do there, my wife wants me to go. I'm not going to argue with my queen. Like, I can't lose her, so I'm not going to argue. Whatever you want, I will go. They tried 17 different facilities, and nobody would fucking help me or take me because I was paralyzed. Now, I need y'all to listen to me. They had no problem giving me the motherfucking medicine. They had no problem for 10 years giving me fucking pain medicine. Not one fucking problem with it. But now that I'm asking for help, I didn't OD. I didn't do none of that shit. I just said, yo, I don't want this shit no more. Get it the fuck out of me. And nobody would help me. Think of that. Think of the fucking medical facilities. Nobody would fucking help me. So, now I got to do this shit myself. So... The night that they wanted me to leave, um, I'm mad now. Like, I'm mad, but I'm not taking it out on them because I know it's not their fault. Like, the social worker was great. The nurses were great. But, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm mad because I'm begging for help. Like, most people don't beg for help for a week. I begged for help. Nobody would take me. I can't describe how that makes you feel less of a human that they didn't even think I was worth fucking trying to help. But it does. It has a heavy effect on your heart, man. You're like, damn, just because of my legs, like nobody's going to fucking help me? Are you kidding me? Y'all gave me the shit. But y'all ain't going to help me get off it? All right, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it myself. It's out of my system. So social worker comes back and she says, listen, there's an outpatient facility. Um, you know, you can do it on Zoom every day. You know, it's like nine to three or some shit. All right. Guess what, y'all? It was the first place that wouldn't take me. The place where my friends drove me to that wouldn't take me. Hold the fuck up. You expect me to pay these motherfuckers? You expect me to pay these people who would not take me? Made me feel like less of a human? Eat a fucking dick. I'll do this shit myself. I'm already off this shit. I don't have any cravings. Fuck it. I'm good. I'm not, No, I'm not giving them the money. Like, no, you're not going to make me feel like less of a human, not take me to the facility that my wife set up. But I'm good enough to do it over a computer? Eat a fucking bag of dicks, yo. No, ain't doing it part of my language. Had to get a sip of iced tea. So, it's at this exact moment, now I'm mad, I get a message. The woman who basically raised me, not my mother. See, back in the day, my pops had some bad medical shit. He had like two strokes, three heart attacks, like back to back to back to back to back over like a three, four year period. So, I would always go over to the neighbor's house, um, you know, Miss Rogers. I love Miss Rogers with all my heart. Every Friday when I wouldn't go to school in high school, because I straight up told the teachers in high school, I don't come to school on Fridays. And they said, what do you mean? I said, it's my day off. 
They said, no, the weekend's your day off. I said, no, I work on the weekends. So Friday is my day off. Now, I was 14. What was I, 14 or 15 when I graduated? I was 15 when I graduated high school. I was a fucking genius. Like, but I was lazy as shit. So I always did the bare minimum. So I wasn't worried about missing every Friday. But every Friday, I would go to Miss Rogers' house. At this point, she's like 85. You know, I don't know how much time she got left. Take her bowling. We go to the movies. We go to the gallery. We get on the L. Like, we go to the Sam Eric Theater on 19th and Chestnut. Like, every Friday. I remember one time when the bowling ball, because she loved bowling, got too heavy. I bought her a Wii. So she's trying to do it the first time, and she threw the controller at the TV. Boom! But it was one of them big-ass, you know, box TVs that sit on the floor, like a 60-inch, but it's like fucking, you know, a box. Heavy as shit. Didn't break the screen, but it was funny. So I get a message. Massive heart attack. She's in hospice. I break down. Hysterically crying in the room. The nurse sees this. She says, listen, we'll discharge you tomorrow. Like, just calm down, calm down. So I'm so grateful for her, to her for that because I wouldn't have been able to function if I went home. I don't know, God forbid, I might have drank my pain away or something. But I didn't. So I go home the next day expecting for the worst news. But, you know, she's home and, you know, that, that's, that's my mom to me. Like, I love this lady. That is my heart. Her, my grandmother, my mother, and my wife. Like that, those are my hearts. Nobody else. My kids, yeah, but that's my heart. That's all I can say. It's the only way I can explain it. So she doesn't know she's on hospice at this point. <laughs> Tell her she only has a couple days. So she was able to get on the phone with me. So now I have to tell this woman that I love more than anything, anything, how much I love her, how much I'll always love her. But I have to do all of this while not letting her know why I'm doing it. And it was tough. Now, of course, of course, of course, this phone call happened to fucking ring my phone while I'm doing my therapist session the next morning, explaining to her all this shit I'm explaining to y'all right now. So I'm on a video chat telling her, you know, hey, listen, if a phone call comes in, I got to take it. It's, I'm not trying to be rude. So, of course, the fucking phone call comes in. So, you know, I'm telling her everything I feel. Hey, Miss Rogers, I love you. You know, you're going to get better. And, you know, just go watch the Phillies like you love. Like, I was with her when the Phillies lost a 93 series. Like, I love this woman. She's 98 years old. Her birthday was the following Saturday, and all I'm like is just make it to 99. Her mom lived to be 105. Her, her grandmother lived to be 102. So, I'm, you know, she wanted to reach the 100 mark. It was big for her. So, you know, I tell her everything I have to tell her. And she tells me, you were always my favorite. I love you more than you'll ever know. You know, kiss the girls. You know, she doesn't know that she's dying according to the doctors. I get off the phone. I've never cried so hard in my fucking life. Never cried so hard. You know, I'm back at the house. My mom flew down to help Brett when I was, you know, in all these places. I didn't know that. Like, this is my, you know, first night home. And, yeah. 
So hysterically crying while you have a concussion is the worst idea ever. For the next week, I had a massive headache. It was killing me. But, you know, it is what it is. You got to fight through it, right? Mamba mentality. Fight through it, fight through it, fight through it, fight through it, fight through it. I couldn't talk on the phone to nobody because the sound waves were fucking with my head on a concussion. I still couldn't really text nobody because my left hand still don't work. So, (laughs) for the past three weeks or two weeks or however long I've been home, you know, I've been doing everything right, man. I'm, I'm focusing on positive. I'm, you know, starting to talk a little bit more to my friends and just, you know, apologize and be real with them. And, and most of them have been very understanding. So I want to thank them for that and thank them for the hard love and a hard push. Um, they're at Disney World today. I just can't go out with that mask. It's 96 degrees outside of Florida. I ain't going. Like, nah. But, um... So, this is the first time in three weeks that anybody's left me alone where they actually felt I wasn't going to go out and, you know, because everybody was worried. Oh, is Kev going to go drink again? Is Kev going to go, you know, take his pain medicines or whatever? Nah. Ain't even been on my mind. This is the first time I've been alone in this house. And as much as I hated, hated being in this fucking house before, there's no place in the world I'd rather be. So, I jumped on a podcast wanted to spill my blood for y'all tell y'all what's been going on and basically tell y'all why I haven't been around why I stopped the podcast like and to be honest I wasn't going to talk about none of this shit I really really wasn't um but I called my partner D who does like you know the social media shit for it and she basically was like you know Kev Cause I was like, listen, whenever we get back to the podcast, what the fuck am I going to talk about? And she goes, it's called the live and let live podcast. You've had people talking about, you know, their businesses, their rap careers or acting careers, you know, black lives matter. It's your turn. And that's what this is. My testimony. So I want to thank y'all if y'all sat through everything, man. I want to know I'm taking this shit one day at a time. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's, there's been nothing, no feelings towards wanting to take anything or do anything. Like, I'm drinking gallon of ice, unsweetened iced tea a day. Like, you know, I'm losing weight. I'm getting in better shape. My body feels better. I'm eating vegetables and salads every day. Like, and I feel good. I feel good. Now, you know, some days, you know, I have stomach issues or like when I came home, my wife changed the couches and I hate these fucking couches threw my back out. So, you know, that was the first week of massages and nerve pains and whatever else. But I'm past that now. Rock through it. And I'm going to keep rocking through it with that Mamba mentality. So I want to thank all y'all. I really, 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 really want to thank all y'all for listening to everything I had to say I want y'all to know from the bottom of my heart I'm going to be a better person I'm going to be a better podcaster but more importantly I'm going to be a better father I'm going to be a better husband and I'm going to be a better man I want to thank everybody who stuck with me man this is living nah fuck that for the first time in a couple years 
This is Kev signing off. Love y'all. One.